0: If you're not being relevant or in context, then yes, you are in trouble with the Redfins of the world or the Zillows. If you are just a transactional person and you're not in flow with the person that you're helping, then yes, I think that you might be in trouble.
1: You are listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title, Tampa District. The Real Estate Sessions podcast is part of the Industry Syndicate Media Network. For additional real estate podcasts, check out industrysyndicate.com. Now, your host, Bill Risser. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 196 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As I always say, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. That's how we continue to grow, and it it just kind of makes it fun for me to be able to talk to more and more people and 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 bring to them very interesting people in our space and today is no exception my talent finders out in Portland Wendy Thatcher with the uh, Chicago title sent me the um the information on today's guest and uh, this guest the guest name is Shelley Savitz. Shelley is with Hassan Company Realtors um, she's been an agent for, I think, four, 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 roughly four years, and she's also an author, and I had the opportunity to read her book. I'm going to tell you right now, I opened it on a Saturday afternoon, and I was done with it by Saturday night. It's a fantastic read. It's called Your First 365 Days in Real Estate, How to Build a Successful Real Estate Business Starting with Nothing, uh, and it was fascinating. Uh, Shelly's a wonderful storyteller. She has a great story to tell. That's a great combination. Shelly, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you for being on. I like I said, the book's amazing. It just came out, right? Didn't it just get released recently?
0: Yeah, we released it uh, June 3rd. It's published by the Harriman House. So kudos to them. Thank you so much for your help on this. We will have an Audible version of it. It is mildly. It was supposed to be released for Monday, but we are just in delay while they format. So it should be any time now that we will have an Audible version of it shortly.
1: Excellent. You live in Portland, you're a realtor there in Portland, but you had a life before that and and the thing I love about doing this podcast is finding out what people did before real estate because there are so many different um jobs and things that people have come through. Let's start with the beginning for you though. You are uh, one of the we've had quite a few Canadians on the show, so you are also someone who's <laughs> nice. born in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, so and, and you haven't said a yet once since I've talked to you. So that's interesting.
0: <laughs> no, I, when I worked in radio, you know, they encourage you to shed most of your accent if you can. So it was trained out of me, <laughs> nice and early.
1: Where, where in Canada did you grow up?
0: I grew up in southwestern Ontario, near uh, London, Ontario, but it was a super small town. I grew up on a gravel road in Denfield. It was a mostly farming community surrounded by people who just worked really hard and they were big on community. And I I loved it there, um, but it was really, really flat. <laughs> I used to make a joke, you could watch your dog run away for three straight days. It was just so flat and farmland. And then I moved up, I went to school in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, and I got my first job up there. My first job was actually in Oakville, Ontario, CHWO. You know the 55 plus radio station, and I was 20,
1: <laughs> and oh. I was
0: a junior copywriter. <laughs> so wow. the first commercials I was writing was like uh, funeral commercials, pet food commercials, <laughs> how oh. to age in place, stuff oh my like gosh. that. So, <laughs> so you, yeah.
1: I mean, you, you come out of school, you go right into radio. That's going to be your thing. Was that something you were thinking about while you were in high school? Were you, was that going to be your path?
0: No, when I was in high school, I was going to be the first woman in the MBA. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: I had a few thousand surgeries on my knees and that didn't work out. So I went into advertising school and I thought I was going to work for an ad agency. I was going to be a writer. And then that just didn't work out. My first, my first gig was in radio and I found out that I loved it. I loved writing imagery. For radio, like, like television, you, you kind of have your sight to help you along with the message. With radio, it's, you have to provide it all through sound, you know? So I loved it there. I had the best boss. He was just a really good teacher. He wasn't afraid to share what he knew. And I'm so grateful to him because he probably, I'm the writer I am today because of him. His name's Paul Stringer. Wow. By far the best guy ever. And he was, like I said, he was selfless. So my first year, we wrote this ad campaign, and it won an award. It was a national award in Canada, it's a Crystal Award is what they call it. And I was just blown away that he would even take me on that journey with him. So then wow. I, I had the itch. I had to stay in it. You
1: know. I was gonna say that all of a sudden um, <laughs> you're 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 in the business for years after that, which is great. You stayed in Hamilton, uh, you know, Toronto area for a while, but then somewhere along the road, you you, uh, relocated over to British Columbia, right?
0: Yeah, I moved to Vancouver. There was, I had this idea that I wanted to be a creative director and I was way too young to manage people, but I didn't really understand that at the time. (laughs) And I just packed up everything into two hockey bags to throw in something Canadian there. And I hauled everything over to Vancouver and I started a job at the Beat, which was a urban radio station that I had just launched. And it didn't take me long. I did end up being creative director there. And I was just in charge of other people being creative. And I couldn't think of anything better than that. You just get to be around people who want to create things. It's just exciting. When you're in your 20s, Woo! Let's do that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know that, that's yeah. that's that, that's the beauty of it, right? Because there's you don't you're not jaded by two decades in the business, and you just think things have to be a certain way. You definitely had to be a breath of fresh air coming into that uh, world, uh, kind of with the skill set you had.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And back then, radio was about creativity. Unfortunately, now it's a bit more about accounting, but that's okay. Before it was just like how great can we make it how interesting can we be how edgy could we be depending on what station you're working on like if it's a rock station you want to be edgy or whatever but right. what i was learning while i was doing that was what is a brand because you can't if you're working for a radio station that say is rock you have to be rock all the time otherwise your listener can't relate to you right right even if that's what you personally aren't interested in so I was really learning what what things made up a brand that whole time is such a gift because now that I'm in real estate, I'm able to apply all those things that I learned. I'm blessed for sure that I had that lesson really, really early.
1: So yeah, let's continue that down that path. So somewhere we've got to get you in Portland, and you've got to start working for a real estate company. So how does what's that story?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hit the top of. What I thought I was gonna do in radio, I had helped launch two radio stations, one in Whistler FM, one in Vancouver, BC. And I really wanted to be in programming and then kind of got to the end of that. Like There wasn't really that much further that I was interested in going. And then I had a, a personal life change and I was being drawn down to the United States. So as I came down into Portland, I was like, well, what do I want to do? If it's not radio, what's the other thing that I'm good at? And while I was in Vancouver, I was always investing with a partner. I was investing in condos that we would kind of remodel, like basic stuff. And then we would either hold it or sell. And I got an itch for it. like It was so much fun. And at the time, it was around... Two thousand and six, the Vancouver market was just blowing up, right? right, so life was good you couldn't really make a mistake to be honest with you um, now it's not that way, but at the time, and I was young enough I was still in my twenties to so I would have recovered from it, but you know I was completely solid by the time the two thousand and eight crash happened, so I was extremely lucky throughout all of that. so then, when I got down to Portland and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I said, look, my other passion is homes and helping people buy good homes. I could do that. And I didn't really realize what that meant, really, because I I didn't know a lot of realtors. I just had this really great idea that I was going to buy and sell homes like every other new (laughs) (laughs) agent. Like, no problem. (laughs) So I ended up here and I talked to a friend of mine, it was like one of four people that I knew in town, they're like, oh yeah, you'll be great. I would trust you here. Why don't you talk to our agent? And then I talked to their agent and then I started talking to different brokerages. And then next thing I know, I'm enrolled in classes. And it was just kind of a snowball after that I kind of got out of control.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, you, you recap that first year incredibly well in the book. And before I get to that, because I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about the book, I'm just so intrigued with with some of the thoughts you have in there. But with that copywriting background, I always think that people that are going to write books just know they're going to do it. Was that was that a part of you well before the idea for the book came? Did you always know it was in you somewhere down the road?
0: Well, my grandmother is an author. Her name's Ruth Savitz. Great books, if you want to buy them. Um, she was kind of just an inspiration for me throughout most of my life like she's an amazing writer and I kind of felt like I she gave me some of that you know and anytime I would talk to her when I was in Vancouver and I would talk to her on the phone or by email she would say I would tell her what's going on she said okay fine but are you writing and I was like yeah I'm writing copy I'm doing this and doing this and she'd be like no are you writing for you Hmm. so she kind of always kept me on track a little bit but the story wasn't in me yet and i really feel that when it comes to things like this it stories just arrive as they should and like i wrote this book in 8 days because i was in the shower and i was thinking i was reflecting on my rookie years and i was like man i wish that i knew this and this and this and this and this and then i thought well why don't i just write it down and then it went from, you know, a couple of cue cards to, uh, I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning and I wrote till nine every morning for eight days. And I was like, I just need to get it out. And this will just be the first draft. And it just shot out of me, you know? So I don't know if it, why that happened, but it just did. And I gave it to my mentor, my visionary and my coach. And I said, you know, what do you think of this first chapter? And they were like, you have to keep going. This is hilarious. <laughs> oh, good, glad you're entertained.
1: Let's 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 talk about that first chapter because I I actually read the first page to my wife who just looked at me and said uh, I'll see you when you're done because she knew I wasn't gonna stop reading and let's I don't want to give everything away but you're you talk about the the uh, onboarding expectations you know your specific onboarding expectations of the industry had me just rolling. And and so do you mind kind of sharing just a bit of that story about how you, you know, how that first day went and some of the things, you know, that you were expecting that eh, didn't quite work out?
0: Yeah, I was completely naive is what I would call that. I was afraid of taking the exams and I had gotten through it on my first shot. and I was so excited and I dressed up and what I thought were my best clothes. And I went to the office and I was like, Every, everybody's gonna know what just happened to me and we're all gonna celebrate. But then when I got to the office, it wasn't that way at all. You know, I was kind of just shown to my desk and they're like, you're gonna share with these other two people and hopefully you make it later kid, you know? And I was like, well, wait, wait. Wait, Where's the reception <laughs> now what do line? I do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, come on. I thought that I would have conversations with people and they'd be super excited. But what I didn't realize was I was probably one of, of 10 agents that might not make it the next six months. And they don't want to invest in me. Other agents don't want to invest in me until they know that I actually have the chops I'm going to stay because it recycles so quickly. Right. And I didn't realize that the first day. So then these guys that I had met at the new agent meeting came into the office and I was like, okay, perfect. Now these guys are here and they're going to tell me what's going to like, what I'm supposed to do now. And we talked for about five minutes and then they left. And I was like, (laughs) oh no, oh no. What, what do I do? And I was like, okay, well, I don't know Portland, so maybe I should learn the neighborhoods. And I kind of gave myself some things to do, but it wasn't, it was terrible. I went home the first day and I, I I was like, I don't know if I can do this, which I'm sure a lot of people
1: feel. You are so on your own in that world. Um, And I, you know, I've been in the business 20 years from the title side, but just watch that sort of, that's just the way it works. And it's, it's the unique, I guess, little boutique brokerage that can change that. And it's you're seeing more of that, I think, as time goes on, but but boy, that's just the norm. You you mentioned earlier that your database was four people when you moved to Portland, and that is, <laughs> that is, that has got to be just horrifying as an agent because that's usually where people start in the business is their sphere. So I think you 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 talk about in the book that you knew right away that had to change.
0: I had no idea because my background wasn't in sales; it was in business, right? So I have yeah. a ton of. Of skills in creating, launching businesses, not a lot of skills in sales. So I was like, well, I think I was at the new agent meeting and they were teaching us CRM. They're like, okay, you're gonna take your database and you're gonna put it in your CRM and then we're gonna teach you how to do consistent touches with newsletters and et cetera. So why don't you guys all just put in your database? And I'm looking around the room. It took me two minutes. There's four people. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? So, and I started to freak out because I realized, okay, well, if I'm gonna build a referral business, I need people who wanna know me. So how am I going to get people to know me? And one of the traits that I have is that I'm I'm a little bit shy sometimes. I'm, I'm not really like, you would never see me at the party being the life of the party, I'm just not that person. And so I, to get over that shyness, I made it a game and I was like, okay, well I need to meet and I made out the parameters. Like say it was like, okay, this week I'm going to meet eight people. I have to have two face-to-face meetings with them. And it can't be, it can't be just, you know, something quick or in a group. Like they, if they want to know, or if I need them to get to know me, then they need we need to be one-on-one because that's where i'm best and so i made it into a game and i was slowly 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 growing the database and it actually happened a lot faster that way i felt anyways i I don't know what's normal but it happened very quickly because the more that people got to know me and i never really talked about real estate i just talked to them about what i'm passionate about like there was never a sell there ever it was just like i want to know you let's do this and i And I started inviting people to my house. And then I was invited to their house. And we just started to grow into a community. And the more that people got to know me, they got to know what my truth was. And I think that's the most important thing when you're building your database. It's not about getting somebody to buy or sell a house with you. It's getting them to know what you care about. And one of the things that I care about is them.
1: So. Yeah, it's it's that it's that finding your tribe, right? And then once you have you're building that thing, is keep loving on them, and and that's gonna create just this snowball effect. I I, I we talk about it a lot, but so many people struggle with that concept.
0: Yeah, I, I and I don't know why. I mean, I've talked to agents where they say I never work with friends and family, and and I I just don't understand why that would be, and I don't know if it's because they're uncomfortable or worried. About losing their connection with them, but if anything, you're taking somebody to like one of the most important experiences of their lifetime financially. Why wouldn't they want to be with somebody they trust? You know, I right. I just don't understand that. I love on my people like crazy, so yeah. and they matter so much to me.
1: So that's awesome. Yeah, it really looks like the book is built for a new agent. But as I'm reading through there and know what realtors um, can be like or things they're struggling with. There are there's incredible information in there for experienced agents as well. And and so I I want to find out how that how you kind of gather that information. And for me it seems like because you talked about your coach and your mentor and your visionary, your accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Talk about how those people were really critical in you really I think being beyond your years in the business for somebody in their first year.
0: Well, let me start with who those people were to me. Sure. So the coach, the coach is your biggest fan. Okay. You're going to hire in somebody who, who's always in your corner, hundred percent support. You could be setting the entire world on fire and they're like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. So that's the coach, the mentors, the person that's running the business that you're going to run later. They are already at the horizon you're looking at and you're just watching and doing everything they're doing because you're going to eventually build what they have built already the visionary is somebody you might not interact with maybe at all they have eyes for the future they are the people that are kind of pushing our industry to be better they're designing best practices and the accountability partner which isn't a new thing for anybody the accountability partner is the person that's in the trenches with you they are looking at the same problems um, they have similar goals. Like you don't want an accountability partner that's looking to build a team when you're still just trying to get a few deals a year, you know? So try and find somebody that can relate to the things that are going on. And then I would say that as I was listening to people, I guess that's really what it is. Every time somebody said anything, I was like a sponge. And even if I didn't understand totally what they were saying, or if they told me to do something and I couldn't figure out why that was, I just did it anyway. Because they know what they're doing. And I just need to embrace the things that are true about the industry that I don't know yet. Coach always told me, she's like, Shelly, you don't know what you don't know. So you're going to figure it out. You're going to be building your craft as you go. But for right now, just stick with me. So I was so fortunate to know these people. At the time, I didn't have names for them or anything. It was, you know, running by the seat of my pants quite a bit. But I would have to say also for all four of those people, well, the three, especially the mentor, visionary, and the coach, none of them had to help me. They didn't get anything from it they literally were running these amazing businesses and they all turned around to help the rookie come up. And I would say that like, I don't think that's normal and I have so much gratitude that they even invested the time that they did in me. I am not who I am. I don't have the business that I have. I don't have this book without them. So I think it's worth saying, you know, you don't get anywhere alone. So those guys are so important to this.
1: Are you uh, paying it forward?
0: Well, I would like to say that this book is what that is. Yeah, um the president of my company used to not as much anymore, but when I was in my third year, she would say, "Can you meet with so and so? They're kind of struggling. can you t- you know can you just have coffee with them? Can you talk to them about your experience? Can you help them at all? They are looking to quit. Can you help them?" And it was just meeting after meeting like that and trying to inspire somebody because I don't have all the I don't have all the knowledge, but I do have the you can do this mentality. Just do this, this, this and this this week and then next week we'll deal with next week. You know what I mean? So I was meeting with these people consistently and then my business got busy. So I couldn't do both. So the book hopefully is because I'm saying a lot of the stuff that's in the book to these people, Mm -hmm. maybe not perfectly, but it was a lot of the same stuff. So my hope is that this is my turnaround to them. You know, I'm not that far in the business, but look, you can make it. Your next deal is so close. Just keep going with this skill or this idea or implement this into your business. So hopefully it helps and That's the plan anyways.
1: You talk about you know, mindset and the scarcity versus abundance type of thinking that's out there in this, especially in real estate. And I think I'm like you. I'm, I'm more skeptical about that. And I think at the beginning, you were, too. So can you talk about how that, how that worked for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't on board at all. <laughs> okay. I, I picked up my first uh, law of attraction book when I was still in radio. And someone had suggested it to me. And like, oh, i was like, of attraction. So like attracts like. Huh? And I'm like, woo woo. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> There's no way that this is like, this is ridiculous. And then um, I was at the point in my career that like I was at a roadblock that I couldn't get past. So I started doing the exercises in the book. It's called Harmonic Wealth, if you're into it. And I started doing the exercises and then I started to see change. And I was like, oh. So then I I went all in and I did the vision boards and I did it all. And I a lot of the things that I was asking for came to fruition. So now <laughs> now I'm all I'm all aboard. And I often tell people, if you don't know about quantum physics or the law of attraction, just start there. Just read a chapter about it, learn what it is. And your mindset and what you think about, you bring about, that is 100% true. And even if you don't want to get involved in like the energy part of all this, if you just think about it, if you show up at an open house and you're upset because the kids were late to school and you're bringing that energy into an open house, well, you're going to get back. Well, that person's in a bad mood. Like people feel things on people. But if you show up to an open house feeling energetic, like you want to help somebody and you're there to be all in, people feel that from you. So even if you don't believe in the energy part of it, at least believe in that because that is true. How you show up matters.
1: You're approaching four years now. So this book covered your first year, I think was 2015, somewhere in that range. Is there, a, is there a part two to your first 365 days in real estate?
0: I don't know. One of the reasons I don't know is this is a bit of a tester book because, you, so you read it. It's not, it's kind of a hybrid between autobiography that I'm trying to entertain you and factual stuff about business. So I wasn't really sure if that hybrid would be received well because that's how I write. I, I can't write something dry. And also I can't write something that doesn't have any substance or anything for you to take away from. So I'm kind of test driving this book. I do have an outline for another book that's in the finance real estate sector. But I'm kind of just going to see what happens because this is my first book. So I'm not really sure how it will be received. Some people might be like, this is not my jam. I don't it's hard to know. So I don't know if you've read a lot of books that are hybrid like that or how they do. But uh, this is kind of a tester. And then if it works out, I absolutely would write another book.
1: I've got three books that I recommend to people right now. One of them is yours. The other Thank one is you. Joe Rand. Thank You're you. welcome. Joe Rand, How to Be a Great Real Estate Agent is a fantastic book, much in the same vein as yours. Um, storytelling.
0: Okay.
1: If you haven't read that one, that's a great book. And then there's Rehumanize Your Business, which are the guys at BombBomb. And it's really just talking about video. And I am a huge believer in the one-on-one video more than the uh, you know the masses but uh anyways so yeah i think i i'm i'm wishing you a uh, huge success on the book cuz i think well i know i'll be uh, helping you sell a few copies i'm just telling you that so let me uh, let me let me ask you this question there's a whole lot of stuff happening in our world and i'm sure it's happening in portland as well um with you know the the disruption i, I know it's a buzzword but you know the i buyers and zillow instant offers and big brands you know becoming i buyers as well are you are you worried about that at all or for you, are you, is your tribe going to pull you through those sorts of things?
0: Well, I hate to take you back to radio, but I am going to do that for a second. Um, sure. So the threat was first in radio for me. This is my second time around with the disruptors, and it was the iPods. And they said the iPod is going to kill radio. And there was all these reasons why we should just get out of the industry now because there was no way we were going to make any money and the last time i checked the radio industry is still reporting profit and yep. they're still on the stock exchange and the reason is because you can download a whole bunch of songs but then you have to organize them then you have to like do all this stuff to to make it the experience that you want cuz you know music is a mood so if i was translating that in my opinion to real estate if you're not being relevant or in context then yes you are in trouble with the red fins of the world or the Zillows. If you are just a transactional person and you're not in flow with the person that you're helping, then yes, I think that you might be in trouble. But if I think of all the things that I do for my clients and I think of all of the experiences and warnings that I give them, I, I make this joke all the time. I walk my clients out of more houses than I walk them into because I'm going to be the first to tell them the things to be wary of. It's true. They can push a button, get a showing. But with me, they get knowledge. They get a different type of experience they would get from anybody else. So if I was giving advice to other realtors, I would make a list right now of all the things that you do that is better or provides value higher than me pushing a button on a computer. And then that's what we're selling. That's where
1: our value is. That's awesome! Brilliant answer. Well, Shelly, th- this has really been amazing for me. I, I've got, I, I could talk to you for hours. I'm not kidding. But I've got to, I've got to get you back to work. <laughs> it's still the morning <laughs> where you're at in Portland as we
0: record very this. Very true.
1: So, yeah, so, so I'll, I'll wrap this up with the same question that I've asked every guest since guest one. And this is interesting because I, I'm going to try to give you to give one piece of advice, but what, what's one piece of advice you'd give a new agent just getting started?
0: That's hard because I wrote 12 chapters on that.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> one piece of advice would be to think, act, and be a business. You're dealing with one of the biggest investments in someone's life. You can't do that casually. You need to be a professional, dress the part, and conduct yourself like a business. Because if you act like that, our entire industry is lifted. If we just go willy-nilly and show up in jeans and like we don't really care, then yeah, Redfin or those or those Zillow's or like it just reduces what we do. So if I could do or spread anything to anybody, would be. Let's let's lift the level of business that we're doing and act like we are in one.
1: Shelly, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Well, there's a website called newrealtor365.com and I am blogging on that. I send out a blog every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So you could sign up for that. And basically, it's an exercise every Monday that you have to do throughout the week. You can also find us on Instagram. It's newrealtor365 is the handle. And my email is com if you just want to chat. Yeah, that's the way to go.
1: And there are some there's some other resources on that website, right? Because you actually show some of the tools you, you know created or used in that first
0: year, right? Yes. So in the resource section, you can download. I actually put it up there as well because the audible version, obviously you can't, you don't have those sheets. So you can just download them from from there. And yeah, again, if you want the audible version, um, my good friend and narrator, uh, Natalie Stanfield, she was the voiceover and she was hilarious. She just nailed it. So I'm looking forward to people hearing it. She just did such a great job. So.
1: That's great. Shelley, I I can't thank you enough for your time. Really continued success. I really hope I get to read more of your books. You are a fantastic writer, and uh, you need to be sharing more of that with the world.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here.